Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel, and welcome back to another episode. Because today we're talking about all things DPP from Ultimate footy the first of the three positional allocations have hit and when i mean three i mean the round three positional allocations because they will hit after rounds three six nine twelve and fifteen and there's a decent bunch of players we've got to get through as we do you can go and check out the article it is online for you now at coachespanel.tv but joining me on this podcast as he loves to with these dpp announcements i've got jimmy on hello buddy how are you Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. It's always good fun to come and do these things. Yeah, well, we've got some new positions and players to talk about. If you've already read the article now at coachespanel.tv, you're aware of the players we're about to see. If not, we're going to talk through every single player that has picked it up and give you our take on whether or not they're worth either waiver wiring, trading into, or putting on your field now that we've got some new ones. The most valuable, and we'll talk about the lines in a moment, Jimmy, is always the gaining back and the gaining forward. Normally, the gaining centers we look at and go, eh, who cares? But in a year where versatility and flexibility in our drafts is at a premium, arguably this year, maybe more than ever before, the ad center line does have some significance for us. I, I really do think it, it's understated um, in most years, but especially this year. You know, we've seen already. Um, some, some COVID-impacted games. Yep. Um, we've seen uh, some injuries already to to key players that, that might be part of your roster. So having that ability to swing someone um, you know, into the midst that you might not have been able to before um, you know, definitely has some value as opposed to going to the, the waiver wire and picking up someone who's, who's not nearly as good as that might be. So um, you know, even if that only gains you 10, 15 points a game, that's um, you know, sometimes that's enough. Yep, no, 100%. Um, 100%. Uh, no ad ruck for us in this bunch, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there is a few that thought they might be close, but no real surprises there for no adding rucks in your eyes? Um, yeah, I mean, you've, it's always a, a fine line with, um, and, and particularly with the way the ultimate footy work, where you need that 70%. Yeah. Um, or, or that very, very clear role change. It makes it hard to gain ruck for your pinch-hitting forwards or, yes. or, or backs, in, in, in the old case, to get that status. Um, you know, Sean Grigg, running premiership as a ruckman, never True. got ruck status. So you can't um, just assume that because you see them in the centre square every so often. Um, Rory Wald's a perfect example. Um, he's had ruck status before for us. Um, he's... Uh, doesn't at the moment. He's he's had a handful of hitouts mm. each game that he's played so far, but not enough deviation from that key forward role to be to be considered worthy of adding ruck status at this point. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, yeah if no. Darcy misses a few games, and inevitably he probably will. Yep. Um, yeah, at that point, perhaps yeah, the data swings enough that that often would you consider it worthwhile. Um, what we also see often with them is that. As the year goes on, they get maybe a little more lenient yes. with what they do or don't consider enough of a role change. Um, and so he's not done enough yet, but as the year goes on and it's consistent that he's in 
getting is you know 10 to 15 hit outs a game that might be enough by mid-year um, and we have got a number of changes we can't give everybody dual position no round three um by the end of the year maybe there's enough that he does get it um and i use him just as an example there's you know any number of others that um you know you can use that same argument with as well yeah no I, um I, I think that's a fair shout all right we, we've kind of talked around a few players names enough Let, let's jump straight into probably the biggest gain that we've got and and I'll be honest, thrilled we've got it, but ben. shocked that we've got him this early. Because like you said, ben. ultimate footy are normally a little bit more on the... We'll be a bit more conservative with some of the larger names rather than yep. three weeks of data being enough, which is the minimum you need to qualify. They've mm-hmm. kind of waited for the six. We're alluding to now adding back status, Scott Pendlebury. I didn't think we'd get it, but we've got it. With that average of 88 that he's sitting on right now, that does place him... Inside the top 20 averaging backs right now, I think he's only going to maintain, let alone grow, where he sits um, in the rest of the backs. It's a big, big win for coaches that he might not have been been even deep enough on their field through the centre line. He's now a very valuable option on drafts. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're not fielding pendles, um, that's a hell of a midfield you've got. But yeah. uh, you certainly are now as a, as a defender, absolutely. Um, I, I do agree. I actually think they've gone a bit early with this one. I'll agree with you on that. And I think the main reason that you can kind of justify it is that that backline move is not a brand new role change. That's right. Um, we did see it at times regularly through last year as well. Um, not enough for him to gain it last year, but enough that having him listed it was the trend. in that role, that's it. It's a trend. It, it, it's kind of shown itself now as a thing. So I think that's where you can make the argument that Yes, we can see that that's a thing now. It is only three weeks, but it is a trend and it looks settled as a thing. It does. Um, Look, he spent more centre bounce attendances last week than he's had all year. And so that's where, again, for me, the hesitancy was, it's not a bad call. It's more, I thought they would have gone for... Well, look yeah. a little bit more data, like they have with Zorko and Brayshaw, who were two of the yeah. more unlucky people thought might have got it but didn't. They've gone, we want more data. I thought Pendles was in that, but we'll all happily take him that he hasn't. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, we will. And and on those ones that didn't get it, um, if I can borrow a line from Rids for a minute, if you're one of those nuffies that's already jumped on Facebook or Twitter and hammered out an angry tweet to, to us or to Ultimate Footy or to anyone else, complaining that your player spent more than five minutes out of the centre square, so hmm. why the hell doesn't he have forward or back status yet? Give yourself an uppercut. It's not the... It's round three. We've got all season to get this done, and it needs to be, you know, we've said this time and time again, a clear clear role change that's likely to continue through the rest of the season. And yeah. for these career midfielders with no real inclination of that change up until... Yeah, the last couple of weeks potentially being a thing. Yeah, um, we need more data to be sure of it. Um, I say we we don't make these decisions; we're no. just reporting them, um, of course. Um, but it, the the game makes more sense for these changes to be made at the right time, rather than. I mean, you give everybody dual position at round three, then you know who are you putting in your midfield anyway? So there's, yeah, that's right. There's got to be a balance, people. So that's that's important. I really do think that's important. Yeah, I think that's a really good good shout. Probably then, Jimmy, the second most relevant. Maybe it's a stretch. I, th- I think there's something in most of these players, but got to talk about Nick Dacos, don't we, Jimmy? 
He's a, another one of the gains that are really important to us. We've, there's another I want to get to in the back line. Just talked mm-hmm. about Pendles. His teammate, Nick Dacos. Yeah. No real surprise that he picked it up, is it? Back status. No, no. It was uh, a little conjecture about whether it would be too, too soon, um, as, as with Pendles, I suppose, yep. um, given he, he did play all his junior career as a pure midfielder. That's true. Course, but, um, and, and that's what the Pies have recruited him for. That's where he'll end up. And so that question mark of, oh, will he, won't he? Will they see what happens? But he is very clearly, clearly, as, as anyone playing in the back line at the moment, um, and doing a very fine job of it, of course. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it makes it makes sense um, from that perspective um, to, to throw it at him now and, and let coaches enjoy it. It'll be interesting to see, again, Keeper Leagues is mm. where he's clearly um, he- heavily desired. Now, he's he's got mm-hmm. one of the highest ownerships at 98% that we're going yeah. to see at all. I can't imagine the two leagues that don't own him. Like, what the hell is going on there? Uh, I don't know, man. He had an ADP of 143. So that's quite early for a guy that hadn't played a game mm-hmm. of footy. But yep. but again, we'll talk about this, you know, with some other players, uh, maybe next yep. with Jordan Clark, about mm. this drafting for the anticipated DPP. Surely yep. that's the kick that has made people jump on him so early. And now he moves I, from probably... I think it's uh, based on Walsh last year. Yeah, that's true too. Or year before even, um, as, as to why that's happened. Um, I think um, when you look at what uh, he did in his first year and, and all of the hype about that, you, know, you couldn't miss it. Um, that's true. And so as much about the, the possibility of playing back, I think also just that there was just so much hype about him across all of the formats that... Um, you know, once he ran out of uh, bona fide uh, midfield options, um, he was an easy one to pick up as a, well, he might pop. Yep. And, yeah, and yeah, lo and behold, so he did. He, and, and he becomes, in a lot of teams now, he's averaging 88. Now, part of that's mm. boosted a little bit by that round one ton. Um, mm-hmm. But he does move now as probably someone's maybe emergency at best, although he may have snuck onto a few, a few people's fields. Mm-hmm. Um but he now becomes arguably someone's probably D2, maybe even D1, if some of their early premium defenders have not delivered early on, like a Caleb oh. Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, very, very handy addition to get. Um, his trade value, um, especially in a keeper, was as high as it was ever going to be anyway. Yeah. Uh, it certainly, this certainly doesn't hurt it, does it? You can't see anyone trading him. Like, you know, side note, yeah. again, we, we, we kind of cover all draft leagues, but now mm. that he's defender back... Um, we mm-hmm. know long-term he's going to move into the midfielder and just his points per minute, yeah. the way mm-hmm. he scores. He, he's trending like a Walsh or even a Zach yeah. Merritt in terms of the way he moves. Mm-hmm. He feels like he's going to be there. Like yeah. Question without notice, is there anything someone could give you that would make you give up a Nick Dacos? Or if you're the only like, <laughs> stuff you, he's mine for a decade plus. <laughs> Look, it, um, it, you would have to be paying such ridiculous overs that you wouldn't contemplate making that offer in the first place. Yeah. Um, if you had the cattle to make an offer for Dacos that a Dacos owner would consider, you'd be challenging for a premiership yourself and you'd want to keep those assets anyway. Um, yeah. I, can't, I can't fathom how that kind of a deal could actually go down at the moment um, that makes sense for both parties. Yep. No, fair enough too, man. Jordan Clark is probably the other in the back line too, averaging in that mid to low 70s, had a 70-61 in our last week against the Eagles in 87. Again, probably as somebody that's more bench cover and emergency depth in our centre lines. Now, depending on the depth in that back status, 
he's going to yeah. at worst push to your emergency, at best really strengthen your your back line by maybe you know 10 to 15 points per game. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is one where your, your clever coaches who did um, target him in drafts with the likelihood of getting yep. um, dual position have been rewarded for doing so. So, um, yeah, well played uh, if, if you're one of those. And, um, yeah, as we often see with a change of club, it can be a little bit lucrative for mm-hmm. a, a player of his sort of calibre. And, um, yeah, that um, hasn't eventuated perhaps as much as we might have thought, but uh, being able to slot him into your back line now certainly uh, adds a bit of sugar to that um that particular move. Yeah, look, it, it, it's a very simple one. It's a very obvious one. Um, mm. He had an ADP of 195. Um, he, he, depending on the depth of your league, he is still only sitting in 85% of leagues at the moment. Now, again, those are probably ones that are very, very shallow on field. But it might just be enough for some coaches that are going, oh, I need another defender, and it's something that's there. So so there's going to be something for coaches with him there. So so that's a, a positive. Let's go to another uh, forward status eligible at the moment. Picked up back status, North Melbourne Kangaroo, Bailey Scott. Uh, hasn't popped a score over 60 yet, but he has had a couple of mid-50s. Um, not the highest owned guy. Okay, maybe one of the lowest. Only 15% of coaches have him right now. But again, in those really deep keeper or dynasty style leagues or the very, very deep um, single season drafts, is there enough to like here with him with that versatility or or nothing at all? Oh, no, it's not, not for a single season league, to be yep. honest. I don't think, no, um, you know, if you're not picking him forward, you know, not picking him back is not, you know, here nor there, I suppose. Yep. Um, yeah. In a, a deeper keeper league, if you think you've seen enough to like what he's got to offer in that kind of a role and, you know, you've got designs on him being the heir apparent to Zeebel and Hall, then, yeah, good luck. Um, yeah. There's worse options to take a punt on, but um, yeah, patience, I think, might be required there. Yeah, no, I think so too. All right, well, well let's lump the centres in that have been... There are three of them that have, that have picked up centre status, and again, we've kind of alluded to it already, but Sam Petrovsky, Seton, Dan Houston, and, and probably the most popular of them, Jordan Dawson, um, all have gained centre status. We've kind of talked into it already, but is there anything outside of flexibility that these three are adding? Which, again, not to play that down because it is important this season. Is there anything else these three add to us with that picking up of the centre status? Um, not not so much in terms of what they add. I think the main thing with these is, um, particularly from a keeper league point of view, yeah. is that if that midfield role continues and, and is their dominant role coming through the year, mm. um, unless they're crucial to your premiership chances, um, you know, come come August uh, in this game, um, they they may be worth putting on the trade table before the end of the year, and the likelihood that they might be mid only next year. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good shout. The the good news, I suppose, for coaches is if they are playing that predominant centre and midfield role, or of these guys, mm. probably they're having closer to either strongest or career best seasons. Um, yeah. Which means if you are in contention in a keeper league. Awesome. You can capitalize on that and go deep in finals. Conversely, if you're struggling, you can sell them off it as a, as a highest price asset, which I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But um, but as we said right off the top, that flexibility in the meantime, um, this year of all years, can't be understated. Yeah. All right. Fair enough, too. Three other players have picked up a forward status that we want to talk through. And again, there's value in, in what they're going to provide for us this year. And it's probably these three guys, maybe it's worth highlighting 
that deeper keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, or those that have certain categories activated uh, in Ultimate Footy, which you, you can do and have, certain key things you can tweak the points. So hitouts become really important in that forward line in category leagues. Goals, contested marks. These categories can be activated to be really serious points makers. And the three names we're about to work through might not feel as relevant in value in just a standard single season league. But Jimmy, if we do start talking about deeper leagues or categories, these could be really helpful pickups. Yeah, absolutely they can. Um, and it, and for a lot of listeners, um, that may not be entirely relevant for you, but I think all of these changes, um, you know, if we have a look at what they are and what they mean and what we're seeing in the game that led to them happening, um, you know, they've all got some relevance to some degree, if not to the player in question, then to other players that might be on your roster instead. Yep. No, it's a really fair shout. All right. No, number one out of the three, uh, Noah Bolter. Back status at the moment has been really being groomed and developed into the future key position forward to sit alongside a, a Tom Lynch. Um, Once, look, it's probably fair to say this is Jack Rewalt's last year going around as a Tiger. Owned in 46% of leagues. Got an average of 60. Does have a, a, a 60, a 78. And then last week, um, a, a poorer score for him, a, a 43. That adding forward status, that forward line, it's pretty nasty, man. And so maybe even in a regular yeah. league, depending on the depth we've got, this still might be a very valuable pickup. Oh, absolutely it is. Um, yeah, and you know, we've talked a lot about flexibility. So being able to put him forward or back is is a huge asset for you, I think. Um, and that he has got that ceiling as well. So even mm. if he's there as your, um, your emergency cover on either of those lines, um, or as a utility even, um, Tigers do play a lot of uh, Thursday, Friday night games. They do. So there's a, a good loophole opportunity for you. Um, and yeah, with that ceiling that you can get if he does get a, a, a number of marks or goals. Um, and it's it's an odd thing with him because it's he is a, a definite threat up forward, but mm. he has got a lot to offer down back as well. And it seems... Um, from the outside looking in, I guess, as a, as a Tiger, it, it seems to me that there's not quite a definite grasp on what his ideal role Best is. Best spot, yeah. We've seen him in a bit of both already this year across those three rounds, mm. um, predominantly forward, but occasionally thrown back as well. And there, there's a bit there. And they did the same with Asprey for a long while as well, That's way right. back when, before he settled down back. Um, he played a lot of games forward too. So I don't know if this is part of his craft of learning what forwards do and where to run and how to defend them mm. um, or whether it is a permanent ongoing move for him. But either way, um, he's the sort of guy that does have a, a good ceiling about him. He will throw up those stinky scores as yep. he did just a couple of days ago, of course, as you said. Um, but when you can get those good ones on field um, you know, by way of loophole or luck, then um, yeah, all the better for it. So... It's a it's a handier ad than it, it might feel, I think. For On the example. surface. Yeah, we, mm. we kind of look at a 60 forward and go, Ugh, next. But if you actually yeah. go and look at who's currently, you cop an injury in your forward line right now. Like if you're yeah. a Dugowie owner, he's out this week with suspension. Who's coming onto the field or who you're targeting off the waivers? Chances are it's not much better than that if exactly. you're running five forwards on the ground. Yeah. That's it, let alone a, a deeper league with six or seven, oh, potentially. And, or same down back. And again, having that option to throw him at either end of the ground yep. as and where you need him, 
um, and potentially getting a ceiling score out of it. Um, happy days. Yep. No, I think that's a really fair shout-out. Final two forwards to talk into. Uh, already both these guys are rucks, now mm. picking up forward status. Tom DeConning. Um, average, um, it's okay, you know, high 40s. It doesn't really, you know, get people super excited about it, but a couple of 50-odd scores there. Again, category leagues where you can get those hitouts in a forward line, beautiful. Equally, at time of recording, Mark Pitnett is listed as a test. So if yeah, we can get yeah. a couple of games without Pitnett, then maybe the value skyrockets here. Yeah, that's that's going to be the key thing for him. If he does uh, manage to usurp that number one rock position, and to be honest, um, he should. Yeah. Um, really should by the end of the year. I think it would be uh, almost criminal for Carlton to, to persist otherwise. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he definitely has a lot to offer there. and He's still very raw um, in terms of his rock craft and his forecraft for that matter. But, um, but if he is getting that first rock position and he has the opportunity to start his day with 20 hitouts in the bank, then, um, yeah. you know, at least then those lower scores he gets aren't going to be so bad. And if he gets on the end of a couple, then uh, all the better for it. So well, those 50s turn very... into mid-60s then, don't they? That's it. Exactly right. Exactly right. And that, that's the key thing for him. So, And at that point then, having him as a, a rock cover or, or a forward cover or, or potentially as your F4 or 5, then, um, you know, that's, a, again, a, a good outcome to have. So. Um, and especially for a keeper league, um, his value only goes up as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a really fair shout. And then the last player we want to talk into is Todd Goldstein. Right now, you could build a conversation that he's one of the biggest draft day busts so far for coaches, albeit three games in, in 2022. He had an ADP of 91.5, which isn't horrible, but that is ninth and 10th round sort of area of being picked. And to get a guy that's delivering you an average right now of 50, that hurts to be yeah. able to get that. But again, like DeConning, all it takes is one or two things to go his way. And now this gaining forward status, which is absolutely relevant and fair in my eyes, mm-hmm. uh, really could turn if either injuries or game style adjust for North Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's the key thing with it. He's one that um, uh, a clever coach might try and uh, buy low while you can now. Um, yeah, even with fourth status, you know, a lot of goalkeepers aren't going to be overly thrilled with his scoring, regardless of what line he's on. Um, and if you can go pick him up fairly cheaply and uh, and can afford to hold him and, until or if that opportunity for him to to take back that number one ruck position eventuates. Mm. Um, all the better for it. I don't think many of us, I don't think even North Melbourne expected uh, Cherry to be this good, yeah. To take over that bit as quickly as he did. Um, if anything, I think uh, most saw him as third in line behind Coleman Jones as well. So yeah. there's, um, but yeah, he's quickly proven himself at this point to to be the, the man in front. Um, but if he gets injured, if Coleman Jones comes back and uh, they decide they want to give him a, mm. an extended run, because that's why he left Richmond in the first place. That's right. He to be the number one rock. Um, and that's what North promised him. So there's potentially an opportunity there. Um, but in any case, if um, if Goldstein manages to get back that number one uh, ruck position for even a short period of time, um, yeah, those are some very handy points that could eventuate there. We know he can score in that role. Yeah, well, that's true. Look, he's coming off a pair of 40s at the moment, which, which doesn't look good. He's round one score of 69 if he could get near that as now a forward eligible option, 
or good. The challenge for coaches is, is they probably drafted him as their ruck um, yeah. that they wanted. They've had to clearly, in my eyes, go and now get another ruckman. The chances mm-hmm. are they've got them on field and Goldie's now their bench ruck because you can't yeah. run a 50 ruck on the field. But yeah. category league, if hitouts get some value, some contested marking and goals where he is spending more time forward, I think he's actually doing the role quite well, uh, yep. all, all things considered. But again, like you said, all it takes is one or two variances to change that North Melbourne side. And they got smoked on the weekend. Now, that, I don't think that's Cherry's fault. Um, no, I, I think there no, was not, even, a little bit not even close. I thought he held up his end of the bargain. But mm. if they're going to shake the tree up, I'd do that. Um, and so it's valuable to hold him. He's still in. So no one's going to drop him. He, he's currently owned in 91% of leagues, which means yeah. deep and medium-sized leagues are holding on. Tiny, shallow ones. And I'm talking about three, you know, three, you know, two, three, one, three, you know, like that kind of, you're only drafting yeah, yeah. 10 guys. Um, don't mm. have him. But uh, I think he's worth holding, especially now more so. Um, mm-hmm. given what he's got. And even just the stats, he, he was started by 82% of teams. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, you're not dropping him and now with DPP, it's not there. All right. Um, Let's talk about a couple of guys quickly that didn't get it. There's a few. Jimmy, mm. Angus Brayshaw, Dane Zorko, maybe David Swallow. I was a little bit surprised by him. Um, Maybe you want to throw Callum Award. All these guys to add back status. Some of varying degrees are either, you know, tear it down or, oh, okay, I can wait. I suppose, and not, I suppose I know from an ultimate footy perspective, they've gone, sure, we just want to wait to the round six allocations before jumping ship. And maybe the fact we've got Pendles as maybe diluted that argument. But again, you throw those Mm. five or six names together, including Pendles, who's the one you've got the most trust in is staying at half back for me it's pendles so i feel yep. that's warranted but mm-hmm. what do you think the likelihoods probably especially brayshaw and zorko but to a lesser extent ward and then david swallow are of picking up back status in a few weeks time yeah look absolutely um yeah cer- certainly possible and i think um and i've long held this view um as we covered off earlier that you can't give all of the possibilities that dual position status from the outset um, or, or from round three. I mean, you, you need to get that data, make sure it is actually correct. You know, there's enough of a sample size to be confident that it continues um, and, and that it's valid. Um, you know, we've got re- uh, allocations given to us every three weeks. It's not just once or twice across the season. Um, every three weeks, we get the opportunity for more of these players to to fall um, you know, into the right sort of space for us um, mm. so we can't have it all immediately. Um, you know, I have this argument with my nine-year-old at home all the time that you know, it's not no, it's not yet. Yes. The answer. Yeah, that's good perspective. Um, and so if um, if these trends continue um, and if we do see Ward marshalling across half-back or JPK or Zorko or yeah. you know, all these career midfielders, um, you know, are they, you know, like Brochor, is he filling a gap just temporarily while Salem's out or is that a genuine new role? Um, sure. That's what needs to be sort of ascertained at this point. So we'll sort of see how these go. Um, and I think, you know, we, we need to, um, 
you know, without kissing the proverbial too much, I do think we need to applaud Ultimate Footy for giving us some decent names at round three because historically they haven't. Um, yeah, they've always kind of nobody. held off yep. on the relevant ones till round six yeah. to be sure, to be sure. Dacos you couldn't get away from. Clark mm-hmm. you couldn't have got away from. But Pendles they could have waited and no yep. one would have gone. Actually, people would have gone, but I, I don't think people That's could. It. Have... People have already, and it's, you know, we, we spoke about what <laughs> what those people should do. Also. Yes, yeah, no, you've uppercut um, them already. So correct. Um, but we we now look at it and go right. We've got some very relevant changes, and that um, well, I'm hesitant to say sets a precedent, but it, it gives us some good confidence that ultimate footy are looking at the game perhaps a little closer aligned to how a lot of us as coaches are looking at it. Well, they did that um, at the start of the year with Rowan yeah. Marshall, didn't they? That, that we're You're starting to get so. these ones that are shaping yeah. things but are true mm. reflections of the game. It's not giving a position status just because, hey, this will be good for the game. It's giving it yeah. and there's merit for it. So, again, I'm yeah, with you. Yeah. Would love yeah, to I, see that. Balanced. It's got to mm. be the balance. I, I think Zorko yeah. and Brayshaw... There is mm-hmm. too much unknowns about gaps in that back line at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is Zorko only there to build fitness and because Coleman's out? Is is Brayshaw only there because there was some absence of guys like Hibbard and then Salem gets injured early? Or mm-hmm. is this a part of the development? We've known since late last year, Pendles mm-hmm. is moving to the halfback. So I think yep. that's why for me I go, look, trend makes sense. If they if their scoring of Salem and Zorko and Roll continues, they can't ignore them. So that's no. what I'd be hoping. If their coach, if you're a coach of probably those two, maybe Swallow Award or JPK, to a lesser yeah. extent, I, I I'd be saying that's it. Those fall into that bracket, and then at the other end, you've weeks. got players. Yeah, that's it. And um, I think that are less likely than those. Mm. Um, we've got coaches hanging on to um, the possibility of Petrarca getting forward still. Hmm. It's probably it's not going to happen this year. No. Um, you've got, um, you know, in the same sort of boat, I think you can put Taylor Adams in that he is a midfielder yeah. who can, who plays in an offensive, uh, you know, goal scoring type manner, not sure. he's a forward who comes into the midfield. So it's those sort of, I saw someone comment the other day saying that five should get it this week. And I'm like, he's not played yet. He hasn't played, bro. you got to play a minimum of three. That's, yeah. that's it. He's not played a minimum of three minutes yet, let alone in three <laughs> games. So hang on. Um, it's not yet is the answer. Yeah, um, yeah that that right. data has got to be there. Um, we don't just award it because that fits your team better than anyone else's. Um, well, we always look with our own <laughs> lens, don't we? Or around that, I, I think you know yeah. to to look at Adams or a Petrarca or these guys. Hmm. I think if they're ever to pick up forward status, it's it more than starts- likely to be like Taranto did for us at yeah. the start of the year as champion mm-hmm. data. Um, kind of who who power all of the formats, initial format yes. decisions, and then Ultimate Footy is the only one that had some gravy on the top of that. I mean, mm-hmm. which Rowan Marshall is one of. No other format or drafting plays it other than Ultimate Footy. So, y- yep. yeah, for me, I think that's the way they pick it up. Would it be a over time mm. rather than a, a three or six week game of stretch will be enough? Because again, Ultimate Footy yep. are looking for clear and defined role change. Yep. That's a primary mm-hmm. shift, not just. Oh, they, they drop into halfback every now and then. Or, they, or they sit in the forward pocket every now and then. Five minutes outside of the Correct. square. Correct. Yeah, it's a clear and defined <laughs> role change. We've yeah. seen that for Brayshaw and Zorko, sure, but it's three weeks. Let's give it a little more time so that we're that they're confirmed. And when it is, mm. awesome, they're going to hit and they're going to be 90 guys or high 80 guys for us for the year. Maybe even 100 in a Zorko's case. And, and that will shake up 
um, in a good way, the game. But let's not yeah. um, overreact to three games, then realise they're moving back to that midfield role and all of a sudden an unfair advantage is hit just because of three games. That's it. And and the other thing too that I think gets lost with some people is that giving all of your midfielders skill position status doesn't always actually a whole lot of difference to your team. Because if your bench midfielder isn't better than your fifth mid, um, and in a lot of cases they're not because the drop-off is pretty sharp this That's year. That's true. Um, and if you're running a, a long midfield of seven or eight on field um, and then it's your eighth or ninth guy that's playing off against your fifth forward or your fifth defender, mm. um, shuffling one of your mids into that spot and then having to field the guy that um, is only averaging, what, maybe 70 is yeah. your, your bench mid may or may not actually help you a whole lot anyway. So um, I think we've got to, <laughs> yeah, count the blessings when they come. But, um, yeah, we there is, um, yeah, patience is a virtue. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good shout, man, a really good shout. Hey, I appreciate your works uh, on this episode, man. Uh, anytime, always good fun. Thank you. If you want to go and read the article, is online for you now at coachespanel.tv. Uh, there is a whole heap of draft content while you're there, including Kane, a fellow Coaches Panel member, teams up with me to look through who we think are the best 50 keeper league prospects. That is a hidden behind access for our Patreon supporters only for just what three bucks a month. You can get access to that, let alone a bunch of other rewards. And you can go right up to our premium tier, get some additional in-season podcasts outside of what we already do uh, every single week here at the Coaches Panel. There's a heap of stuff at coachespanel.tv that's free and accessible that whether you're a draft coacher, you play salary caps, or you just love fantasy footy and do it all, coachespanel.tv has got a heap of content for you. We'll be back in just a couple of hours with our midweek trade and strategy podcast. So if you just play drafts, there's still some great fantasy relevant content for you. But if not, we'll be back in a couple of weeks time with Jimmy as we talk through the next lot of DPPs.